0: Welcome to Victor Christian Center's audio podcast. We hope this message encourages you, and we look forward to connecting with you on social media or FCCFMD.com. See, we're just rural. That's what we are. Oh, that's
1: right. That's what we are. So this is Kim. And I'm Laurel, and our last name is Harvey, and we are Assembly of God U.S. missionaries. We pastored for uh, 26 years in Northern California, in rural Northern California, and one day my husband came home and he said, You know, Laurel, I just feel like we're going to make a change. And I looked at him and I said, Well, great. Let me know where you end up. <laughs> because I loved our church, our church family. I We raised our children there. I had, you know, I thought we'd retire there. Honest, I thought we'd retire there. So I just, you know, had the whole thing all planned out. But you know how when you have one plan, and then the Lord has a different plan, and you know how it feels in here, <laughs> and uh, as you wrestle with it, and as I wrestled, and as I began to submit my will to his will, the peace that came over, and what an amazing journey the Lord t- has taken us on. So we resigned our church, we became Assembly of God U.S. Missionaries, we itinerated like missionaries do, and we moved our family from Northern California to Springfield, Missouri, where we were assigned to Convoy of Hope. Now are you familiar with Convoy? Yes. Kind of, maybe. It's uh, the faith-based compassion arm of the Assemblies of God. So like when there's a disaster, like in Haiti right now, and then I hear that we're gearing up for the East Coast. So I know that at home, our disaster team is getting ready for whatever might happen on the East Coast. I know that some of them are already in Haiti. And I read a little blip yesterday that said uh, they'd already served over a million meals in Haiti. So a lot of people know us for disaster response Uh, We feed about 300,000 children around the world every day. We do some really, really awesome, cool things. But the part we are the most excited about is our what we do is we work in rural. We work in rural America. We know things about rural. We know that one in four kids go to bed hungry in rural America. We know that it's 105% more probable that a child growing up in rural America will become involved in drugs, Alcohol and pornography than their counterpart in urban America So what that means it's more probable that a child growing up here in your town will become involved in drugs Alcohol and pornography than their counterpart in DC Now does that surprise you? Why do you think that is? Exactly, there's nothing There's nothing to do. There's not any options. There's your meth party on the north end of town, and you have a kegger party as you're leaving town, and there's really no stoplights in between. But we think that this is the opportunity for the rural church to rise up and to plant their foot firmly on the ground and say, excuse me, that is not going to happen in my town. Yeah. See, this is the town God has entrusted you with. This is your town. Yeah. Who does the enemy think he is taking your kids? Yeah. This is He's your right. town. And right. so how does, what can we do? So how do we fit into all of that? So we get to come alongside the rural church. We get to encourage. Hopefully you will be encouraged today. And I hope the pastors we were with this weekend were encouraged. Yeah. We get to do some training and we get to resource. We want to help the church recognize who they are, who God has made them to be, not to just be the church in this building. I mean, I know you're nice. You all were so nice to us when we, when you came in this morning, and it makes me want to come to the campfire hangout tonight. I want to, I don't want to go home fight yet. I know you're good, but the problem is, is while we're in here being nice and having fun, there are people all around us who are desperate for Jesus. And so we have to learn how to be the church outside of these four walls to show in Jesus that they are so desperate to, to have and to the hope that they need. Um, and so that's kind of how we fit into all of that. We're just so excited to be with you today. Thank you for having us. And uh, we love your pastor. This is, uh, I think, the second time we've been able to kind of be together. And uh, does she have the best smile or what? Yes. I'm telling you. Right there. They should be lining up at the door to come to this church. So, um, so anyway, so thanks so much for having us.
2: Praise God. We just love what we get to do. We get the super privilege of being able to go to places like your church and other places that are sometimes out of the way and up some gravel roads and by roads and back roads. And And we've discovered that there's churches and pastors there that really want to do great things. They want to make a difference in their community. And sometimes they just simply feel stuck. They're stuck by the economics of just being rural, trying to make it all work, trying to uh, they get trying to grow it, and we get the neat privilege of coming alongside them and encouraging them and watching them make a difference in their community. We're, we have some great stories, we're going to tell a little bit today some of the great stories that God is doing in rural America. But we just see God wanting to do great things and bring a revival to rural America. And while we uh, seem like we're just a few here today. Don't, don't be discouraged. God wants to use this church to do great things. And well, all these things that you guys have lined up, it's awesome what you're, you're doing and what you're planning on doing. Because I believe those touches, those connections, those seeds that you'll be sowing are going to create be, become fruit. And so we're, we're believing God for that. So, so, so thank you for having us. But you know you're really getting out there when you come across a sign like this. Right? You see that? Absolutely nothing for the next 22 miles. That's rural right there. Right? That's out there in the middle of Nevada, and uh, you you know you're really out there when you come across a sign like that. And it's definitely you not Maryland. Look at there's
1: no, <laughs> yeah, that, there's no green.
2: Yeah, there's no green there. You're in the on the loneliest road in America. It says on one of the signs, and so. But when we came from Northern California we came to the Midwest and we discovered Midwestern people named their small towns and funny names. Like, who names the town this? Toad Suck? Really? That's a town? Downtown Toad Suck. How would you like to live there? Huh? That's crazy. You know that what that is? That Toad Suck, Arkansas. And now it makes sense, huh? Those crazy Arkansas folks down there. So, uh, exactly. But... Uh, well, my wife and I pastored uh, in some small places, but this one little place we went to, it didn't have a very big population. I mean, we thought if we could get out there and make a difference, we could really, you know, uh, change some people's lives. And you know people get involved in your church and then for some reason they move on. It really hurts your heart. It really hurts when they leave your town, all right? Everything's going in the wrong direction. I'm telling you, it's crazy man, we got to do something about this. we got to pull it together. I think if we tried a little harder, we could make a difference. But you know you're in trouble when your wife leaves you, all right? It's really bad right there. You know I'm joshing you, don't you? That's Manoway, Nebraska, and it's famous for that sign of one. And there's a, a lady who runs the bar and grill there, and she's famous as well. And uh, it's it surprising for a count of one that she'd be famous, but she is well praise the lord we're just thankful that we get the privilege of being able to serve and we couldn't do it without people praying for us and people getting behind us in, in, in that way uh, we do get to put a few miles on here and there but we, we do get we have the awesome privilege of watching god change a community when uh, the church is to get involved and so it's really exciting and, and along the way we'd love to partner with you and let's see what God would like to do in that way. Um, I'm Mr. Techie up here, so I've fixed my little system. Here we go. So I wanted to talk to you about uh, what it means to be courageous and compassionate. And uh, I'm going to fix my... Thanks, Laurel. <laughs> I understand stand top my little program here. Alright, I want to talk to you about what that means. These two virtues. Of courage and compassion, they need to go together. Because if you just have courage alone, as a Christian, you can just kind of bulldog and bull, 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 your way into people's life, and you know, and really, not really make a difference. And if you just have compassion alone, you may never do anything. You know, you need them together to make it work here. And I want to just talk about what it means to have be called to courageous compassion today and what that might look like. For thousands of kids in rural America, the school isn't just a place for learning. The school becomes a shelter, a kitchen, a refuge from suffering. For these kids, hygiene needs go unmet. Meals are few and clothes rarely fit. They come to school distracted by hunger and limited by embarrassment. Their education is an afterthought to their survival. And it's for these kids and their families and it's why we do what we do. And uh, because when a storm hits, when jobs are hard to find, when poverty strikes, when loneliness and alienation become the new normal, when discouragement sets in, when your car breaks down, when the roof leaks, and your children struggle in school, is when you need someone to come along with a heart of compassion. Because of the strong support of a church like this, we can together make a difference in rural America. We can see lives being touched for Jesus. And we want to, I want to ask you a question this morning. What are you called to? What is God asking of you and I today? What is He, what is he calling you out to, to become or do? What does that look like for you? Well, let me me go through this uh, scripture here. It says here in John 17, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one because they are not of the world as I am not of the world. See, we are not to become political cultural isolation as where we just separate ourselves to where we have no effect in the world at all. And we're not called to just blend in to where I can't tell if you're a Christian or not. I can't tell if there's any where Jesus functions in your life. We're to be called to stand out, to become an influence. Our mission is to is to influence a world that uh, needs to be influenced. Uh, it's, our assignment isn't easy, but the key to our effect is uh, our mission is that we are able to influence the world without the world influencing us. Is that possible? Is that a hard call? Is that a hard thing that God is asking of us? Well, in this passage in Philippians it says, "In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus." Who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he himself, uh, he made himself nothing by make, taking on the very nature of a servant and being made in the human likeness. See, we have this unprecedented opportunity to take the gospel to every corner of this community. But the enemy of our soul would rather stand in the way and shame Christians who would step, step up and stick out and step out and speak up. As, you see, the devil would, that, than to, that to, and not show the love of Christ, the devil would desire nothing more than us Christians to separate ourselves to where we have no effect on the world around us. And when he does that, he's getting, he has the upper hand, doesn't he? But what is what I ask you this morning, what is God calling you to? What is he asking of us? What's our assignment today? And whatever that calling is, it's going to take courage. It's going to take courage to do what God is asking us to do. When you look around at the world and you see what's going on, even in these last few weeks and and just a few months, we see it. Just feels like hatred, and and just just the influence of the enemy is creeping in. It's getting closer, and you feel you feel somewhat, some, somewhat of an oppressive feeling, and you feel it as a Christian, especially. And we have to. Come to the Lord on a daily basis and find our sense of personal revival in Him. Because otherwise, we're going to be discouraged. We've had it pretty easy so far. But this freedom has been pretty uh, a pleasure. I'm thanking the Lord. I'm thanking Him for this, uh, this freedom. But we're going to find ourselves in a testing place as we go forward. And for rural America, there is... Uh, Issues that are going on in rural America, such as poverty. The poverty rate for children living in rural America in 2004 was 2.6 million. That seems like a lot, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. But listen to this. The poverty rate in 2016 uh, has grown to a staggering 16 million. And that's powerful this is what's going on in rural america that tells me that the enemy is getting an upper hand that tells me that the the, the, the work of of, of the, the world is getting the upper hand and it feels like we're losing doesn't it when you look at those statistics but today we're not going to focus on that we're going to look at what we can do see the drugs, alcohol, and poverty have placed children and single mothers in an extremely vulnerable position. Over a quarter of a million children and youth are victimized and sexually exploited each year. Persistent poverty in rural communities constitute a crisis across America. Conditions in some rural communities rival uh, in uh, conditions in developing nations. In some ways, our world situation, our rural communities are struggling just as bad as some third world countries, which is hard to imagine here in the beautiful country. But we want to take a look at that, and that's why we are here today, just to bring an awareness of what's going on around us when it comes to child poverty and child the issues in rural America. So we see uh we have a friend who is pastoring in a rural community and he was interacting with one of the girls that was reaching out to him he was a 15 year old and i asked him if he would let me uh read the text back and forth and this is how it went this 15 year old girl says okay well um my mom should be crowned the worst mom ever just to be completely honest um, this is all in a text. Wow. I, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. She's addicted to pills and meth. I shouldn't be so frank with this, but honestly, I'm tired of dealing with this. That's why I'm so hateful with her. All of my life, she's been nothing but a terrible mother. I would, that's a terrible thing to think of a girl thinking about her mother. She says, I'm embarrassed. To go places with her. Ever since I was young. She'd have people come in and out of our house. To feed her addictions. Um, It's all in a text. I had to basically grow up. On my own since I was eight. My dad doesn't want me. So I have nothing. nobody. I'm just pushed over the edge. I can't take it anymore. You can hear the desperation. In a young 15 year old girl. And the pastor's texts back and says i'm so sorry we love you very very much how can we help and her response was take me have me as your daughter please and you just hear the hurt and you hear the the cry of a young girl wishing that she could have a good life a normal life a, a life without the the effects and the drama of and the pressure of drugs and alcohol and all the the drama that goes on without that the danger that takes place and she wants something better than that for her life and we we have a we have churches in our rural communities that they are there but sometimes they don't they're not they're feeling a little bit stuck and they feel like they don't know how to invest how do i get involved where do i start what what should i do and sometimes we just feel like, well, I can't do much anyway. We're just too small. We don't have any money, and you know, we just want to encourage it today that we can we can start to get really uh, involved in our community. And the church, and the community is actually waiting for us. And I'm proud of your pastor leading this church into the community and building those relationships because. Those relationships are gonna take you further in and give you an opportunity. You might think to yourself, what can I do? I don't uh, relate to kids anymore or I don't do children's search anymore. I feel like I've grown out of that. But uh, we can go and sit with the child and read with them. We can, uh, we have some great stories to tell. Uh, One of our friends, uh, he he had a, older congregation and some of the guys he was trying to get to come and be a part of going to the school with him and finally one day convinced one of the older gentlemen to join him they went to the school and he said I got to talk to the principal just for a minute and about that time one of the uh, teachers brought a a kid out from one of the classrooms having a little trouble and a little bit uh, upset so uh, they said well what this Older gentleman that came with him, why don't you just sit here with this little guy just for a minute and just, just sit here with him and just talk with him. So the pastor went on into the principal's office and while he was in there, this older man started chit-chatting, started talking. And and so after they finished, uh, they, the, the, the prince, with the prince, the pastor finished with the principal, they got in the car, went home and, and, uh, and then, uh, come to find out that that older gentleman decided to go back the next day, and he asked what he could do, and then come to find out he was coming back the next day, and then come to find out he was going back next week, and went two or three times, and now the pastor calls the wife up and he goes, I don't, she says, I don't know where my husband is, he's always at that school, I don't know what's going on with him, and he simply just decided to go sit with kids. And all he did is listen to them and they uh, needed somebody they could look up to. And you don't have to do much more than that. We, these kids are desperate for our, just our help. So don't be afraid. You, you have a lot to offer. And I just want to encourage with that this morning. So, see, (coughs) we're back to the children in our rural communities. (coughs) Excuse me. He didn't create men, women, And children so they can die from hunger. He didn't create little children, little girls to be sexually exploited. Or little boys to grow up and become diseased with drugs and alcohol. God is calling the church to value those that the enemy has devalued. We are coming along and we can love on them. We can... Show our care for them and we can make a big difference. There's a lot of people. The world isn't just simple. Those people out there aren't simply rejecting us because we are Christians. Uh, what's happening is we're just not stepping into it oftentimes. We're just are a little bit too timid and we need to step up and begin to show our, our care for our world around us. <clears throat> so, um, so I might ask you this, this, uh, today, um, where is our Christian holy anger? You know, sometimes we can, we have a compassion, we can have a desire, but what is getting us mad enough to do something? And too often times we, we are just, we just need to let the Lord just poke us in the side and get us going. How how can we not be angry when we hear 16,000 children dying every day of hunger? Where is our outrage when we hear that six million children a year are being abused? Or where is the tears when we see thousands of teenagers that are committing suicide? It's happening in rural America, especially, I'm sure it's happening around here. We're hearing about the teenagers That are so discouraged that they decided to, you know, finish their life. How sad that is. And we might say to ourselves, I don't know what to do, but until we get the burden to do something, God won't give us any solutions. So we have to allow ourselves to be affected by this pain so we can, God can start to give us answers and how we can make a bigger difference. So, uh, we want to, what does it take? What does it take to, to be involved? Well, first Timothy says this, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of, uh, uh, of love and a sound mind, But, but power and love and a sound mind. So where, where is the love of God that we're talking about? What does it need to do to transform our life? See, the world is li- looking for living proof of, of, of church, of Christians. Not just a church, the, this body, but as individuals. And so, the, in Hebrews uh, 10.24, let's see, I'm sorry, i behind myself here. It says, let us consider how we spur one another toward love and good deeds. This word to spur is, uh, in the, in the, uh, original languages, like a poker that you would poke an animal with. So if you were, you were out in the corrals and you're trying to get your animals to go through the gate, you take this little poker and you give them a good poke in the hind, in the rear end, and that would make them go where you want them to go. And I was thinking, uh, Pastor Ashley, I might have brought some today with me. Uh, they have they have new electronic ones now. They're 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 stingers. They call them, and they and you can just give people as they're going out the door. Maybe you can give them one of those a jolt. Uh, now get back in there and do what you're supposed to do. And so I thought maybe that would help you. Would that be good? To do that. I'll I'll send one to the mail. I'll send one in. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, if uh, I don't know how things will go after that, but just let me know, because uh, I'm kind of hoping I hear a good response. Yes. But I asked you this morning, what is God calling you to do? It's going to take some courage to be used of God in this day and age especially. So I have uh, some action points I'd like to think about today. I'll call them kingdom principles, that there is... There is no such thing as secular empl- employment for the believer. Once you once we are born again, everything about us is redeemed for kingdom principle. It's all spiritual. Everything about everything we do needs to be thought of as is a useful tool in God's hand. And then where is uh, uh, there is, uh, every believer is in full-time ministry. Only a few have pulpits and sanctuaries. The rest have, have their pulpits in areas of expertise and favor that is exactly right isn't it that we can be used wherever we are and we can see that no matter where we are to our neighbors to where we go to the grocery store or wherever we are we can be used of god i pray that we'll all rise to that and begin to be used wherever and then all believers should consider their vocation a call of god it is as important as a missionary and a pastor Our assignment is to be considered valuable and privileged. God wants to use it. He wants, there's eternal rewards for our willingness to say, yes, Lord, I'll be used of you. And it might take some courage in our part, but we may not see it in this lifetime, but I know the Lord is keeping score as we step out and make a difference. And then we can change the attitude of the world toward the church as we begin to focus on our mission to love the world and not just focus on the sins of the world. We can start to love on people, look past those sins and begin to care for people no matter who they are or what are their conviction, or what the political slant is or no whatever choice of life it is, we can love on them. We need to grow in that in that our personal, special way. I'm gonna ask my wife to come, and she's going to share a story or two with you.
1: So I have no doubt that this is a room full of compassionate people. But uh, if you're like me, sometimes the courage is a little, falls back there a little ways. And so I'm gonna tell you about a, a community in Aztec, New Mexico. Uh, Aztec actually means the city of ruins, and when we met Pastor Cody, he he just hated that. He hated the thought that he pastored in the city of ruins, and then he felt like the Lord just spoke to him and said, "Well, Cody, you're in the city of ruins because you need to bring hope." Mm-hmm. And so uh, he decided. We met him at one of the trainings that we do, and and so they decided they were going to go and do something at their local school. And his congregation wasn't much bigger than what you have right here. And so he went, he went down, and he wasn't even really sure what to offer, and we'd just like to help, and what can we do, and the school just wasn't very, they're like, okay, great, we'll call you. And, uh, but he didn't wasn't discouraged, he decided, you know what, I am gonna have to have courage here. I think it was Pastor Steve, I believe he's in Maryland, right? And, and the statistic they gave us that they have 13 teenagers a month that are committing suicide in their county. Wow. That's right here in Maryland. And so where, you know, where's the church? We gotta have courage. We're the only ones that stand in between. And so that's what Cody said. He goes, I, we gotta, I, they might not think they need us or they might not want us, but we're gonna do this. So he kept going down there and, They would do, they took cookies to the teacher's lounge and they took Gatorade to the the coaches and they just kept knocking on doors and pretty soon the elementary school began to embrace them. And one day the principal said to him, said, Cody, um, you know, we've been thinking about doing a mentoring program and we wondered if you would head that up. And Cody said, sure. And he went out to his car and he called us and he said, the principal just asked if our church would lead the mentoring program, and I, don't, I said yes, and I don't even know what a mentoring program is. <laughs> and so we kind of gave him some ideas, and and so he made some calls and came up with a plan, and um, he, it, uh, the, the school let him be in front. He and his church, he had a little team be in front of, of the students of the elementary school every week for 30 minutes. Wow. Now this is New Mexico, this is a very liberal, uh, I'm from the west coast, I'm here on the east coast, we all know what liberal means, right? Yeah. And so uh, this is, New Mexico is very liberal. And so they here they're like, yep, 30 minutes, you get to have uh, these students for 30 minutes. And they wanted them to talk about things like, uh, you know, don't bully. Okay, that's a good thing for Christians to talk about, isn't it? They wanted them to talk about uh, do unto others as you have them do unto you. I mean, you know, it's basic kingdom principles, isn't it? Uh, right living is kingdom principles. So that's what they talked about. Well, they continued to serve like that and then it's been um, it'll be four years in December there was a school shooting in Aztec, New Mexico in the high school. Now, Cody and his team, they were in the elementary school. And so now this is in the high school, and the shooter and two uh, of the students were killed. And the shooter had been a student two years prior, so he'd been out of school for two years. And the principal of the high school, guess who he calls? Pastor Cody, the head of the mentor program. (laughs) And he said, uh, Pastor Cody, do you think you could come down here? You know, I think we have some students that need help processing this. And sure, sure, I'll, I'll come down. So he did. And one of the things Cody says that gives me goosebumps, he says, you know, yes, the mentor program now is this big success. And he goes, but I wonder what would have happened if my church would have had courage two years sooner. Because see, now the principal is saying, now you know what you're doing there at the elementary school i was wondering do you think you could do that over here in the junior high and the high school so now every week and this is their town is small i think it's about 1500 but the the school is 2500 because it's a county school so now 2500 students sit in front of the mentor team for 30 minutes every week and It has grown so much that Pastor Cody and his team are like, okay, our little church, we can't do all this by ourselves. So guess what they did? They locked arms with the other churches in town. Wow, what a kingdom principle is that. And now the churches are working together to run the mentor program in their their county. Well, there's a a little town neighboring called Bloomfield. And uh, Pastor Allen is in Bloomfield. And Allen and Cody are really good buds. And they actually both came to the same training that we did, and that's how we met both of them. Well, Pastor Allen, he decided that their church was going to uh, offer a kind of a thank you meal to first responders, and so they had the scoop or first responders and leaders of their community. Because so they had the mayor and. The school superintendent and the police chief and the fire chief, and they have this dinner, and they say, you know, thank you for all you're doing, and if there's anything we can do to serve you. Well, the school superintendent comes up to Pastor Allen and says, Allen, you know, I'm hearing about this mentor program that's going on over in Aztec, and I'm wondering if we could do something like that here. Well, Alan knew all about who was running the mentor program over in in Aztec, and so he said, You know, uh, school superintendent, I'm gonna, I'll check on all that and I'll get right back to you. And so now that in the town of Bloomfield, which again, that we have county schools, so it's a large number of students, I think there's about 3,000. Now in Bloomfield and in Aztec, between the two, that's like 5,500 kids are sat in front of the church every week for 30 minutes. See, that's what God can do when I know we have compassion. I know that when we talk about 13 kids committing suicide in a neighboring county, it breaks our heart. When we talk about Afghanistan, it breaks our heart. But we can't just have compassion. We have to say, Lord, how can you use us? How, what can we do? Give me courage to to cross that line, to, to step into... What might seem difficult
2: for me, but with him, we can do. Amen. 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 Okay, praise the Lord. Yeah. It's just, isn't that powerful, the, rea- the reality that God wants to do something in rural America, yeah. and he wants to use every single one of us to make that difference. So I guess I, I mean, I will ask you again, uh, what is God doing? Calling you to what is he asking of us today? And we're not asking you to, uh, you know, go directly down and uh, move some people around, and you start to get into into one of those places where you think, man, I can make a difference. But what is God asking? Is he asking you to do something right where you live each day, right where you operate, where you come and go? Is it and is there? is there something else he's been saying we all need to be sensitive to the holy spirit's leading and what he's asking of us our acceptance of the call means to say yes to god that fearless abandonment to anything that does not work toward his end we can answer the call of god in confidence knowing that god does not waste anything he uses every strength every weakness, every heartache, every success, every relationship, every experience in our life that God has shaped us with and He can draw others to Him through you. And it's a beautiful thing to be used of God. So Today, I just want to encourage you as God is calling you to be compassion, have compassion like Jesus. He's calling you to... Experience His presence. uh, Be called to be the presence of God to a world because many people will only know God through their experience with you. And He is calling us to prayer. Prayer for your city. Prayer for those that you haven't talked to. Those that haven't uh, may have a different political position and know them by name. Economic political and government leaders we should know who they are we should mention their name and pray for them in particular Amen. and then we need to uh we are called to practice we need to call do what you're doing where you're doing a mission of mercy you're uh, a ministry of mercy where you're serving people you're feeding people you're you're seeing people uh, down and out and you're lifting them up all of those are part of what God is calling us to do. And then the last thing he is telling and asking of us is to proclaim it. Don't be ashamed. Don't hold back. More than any time in this world, we need to step up and speak up. And breathe a prophetic voice to a culture that is needs to hear the truth that there's a God who loves them. There's a God in heaven that is not just looking down and trying to condemn them like maybe they're... They're they're hearing some other lie. They need to hear that there's a God who cares for them. The good news of the gospel needs to be heard. And we need to make that part of our speech, part of our language and part of our everyday walk with him. So I, I leave you with these thoughts that, that God wants to uh, use you as he used him. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim the good news. To the poor, he has sent me to proclaim the freedom to for, for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is what God is calling us to do. And I just pray for you today. Would you give me just a minute to pray over you? I just want to ask God to pour out his fear upon you this morning. Jesus, I just thank you that we can be here today. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm just expecting lord that every person in this room has a relationship with you that says i want more i want to be used in greater way i want to have i want to create have an eternal effect on other people's lives lord i just pray god that we all rise to the the calling that you're putting on us lord to be To make a difference and even though we feel like we might be a little bit small here today sometimes in our individual lives we feel a bit alone but god help us to have that fresh new courage and fresh new uh sense of fire in our belly lord that i want to 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 make a difference in the world where we aren't finished lord we have more to do and we just pray that you use each one use the pastor we pray for pastor ashley and her leadership here god we just pray you would use her in greater and more powerful ways i pray you'll lift her up let her become a voice of of prophetic voice, Lord, to the culture around here. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us.
0: Thank Thank you so much. What a blessing it is to know that there are people invested in rural America, and we are blessed to be in that culture. God has placed us here for a reason, and it was so funny. A, a few weeks ago, the uh, fire marshal came out to do his inspection, and um, so he he got here and he said, You know, I, I was just expecting it. Was, it was a new fire marshal, he said, I was just expecting like this huge mega church. And uh, he said, I guess I, I heard the name in, a, in a Victory Christian Center, and I was just expecting something a little bit different. And I said, well, you know, the first time that I came here and I, I knew the name of the church before I got here, it wasn't what I was expecting. I was expecting something different because I saw the word center at the end. But I believe that that name is prophetic for us. And so when we began praying about our vision and our mission statement for the church, God laid it on our heart that we would be what? We would be a center. That connects the community of Christ through hands of hope. And that's what God has enabled us to do. But we've got to reach out our hands and we've got to be able to be that helping hand in our community. And sometimes, sometimes I'm not going to go on, but sometimes when you're, when you're working and you're working and you're working and you don't see the fruit of the harvest that you're trying to plant, it gets discouraging. But the seeds are being planted. And scripture tells us that some plant in some water, but it's God that brings the increase. It's God that brings the increase. And I was reminded this morning of the words as I was listening to Kim and Laurel of a song I had heard in Maine in the beginning of the spring. And I'm gonna I'm gonna sing it for you this morning because I think it's gonna encourage your heart. So you've got to bear with me. But it says, it will rain again. The fruit will fill the vine. The stalks will bend with wheat. The grapes burst forth with wine. So go into your field. Your work is not in vain. God promised harvest. And I know it will rain. So go into your field. Your work is not in vain. God promised harvest. And I know it will rain. It will rain again. Will rain again at victory will rain again in frederick god's promised us a harvest that's plentiful but we need laborers who are willing to go and that's why he's placed you here so that you can be those hands and those feet and i know that god will bless every effort that you set your hand to well we want to pray for kim and laurel this morning i'm going to ask them if they would come And I'm going to ask you this morning, if you would stretch your hands forward. We want to pray God's blessing over them and over their ministry today. We're just so thankful for their obedience to follow the Lord where he's called them with what he has entrusted them to do. And so, Father, this morning, Lord, we just thank you for your call. We thank you, Lord, for the gifts that you have given. Lord, for the hearts of compassion that you have placed within Kim and Laurel. And, Lord, I thank you that they have been obedient to follow wherever you've led them. God, that you've guided them all over this nation. And, Lord, you're continuing to use them. And so, Father, this morning, I pray that you bless every effort. Lord, as they put their hand to the plow and they continue to move forward across this nation, Lord, would you continue to go before them? Would you continue to open doors of opportunity that they never would have dreamed possible? Father, I pray that you bless them with everything that they have need of. Lord, you equip them with what they need to do what you've called them to do. And so, Father, we pray a hedge of protection around them, around their children, around their family. Father, we pray your blessing, your favor, your goodness. And your grace to them. Lord, would you give them a fresh anointing? Would you give them a fresh wind of refreshing as they head back this afternoon? Lord, we thank you for them. Would you bless them today? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And God's people said amen. And amen. 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 We're so thankful. So thankful that we have missionaries like this in our country. Not just around the world, but we have a mission field right here. And we're so thankful for that. Well, friends, we love you. God bless you. Remember, 5.30 this evening, come on out for our campfire night. And we'd like to bless Kim and Laurel this morning. So there is a giving bucket in the back. And you can just mark that on your envelope and put it in there. And we want to bless them before they leave. Have a wonderful Sunday. Thank you for listening to Victor Christian Center's audio podcast. We look forward to connecting with you on our social media or at FCCFMD.com.